This is Captain Blake from The Fog. We just want to give you maze a warning. Sometimes in episodes of shocking things, you might hear a little salty language. Discretion is advised. Sex, sex, sex. You guys are getting boring, you know that? What would a weekend in the country be without sex? Cool it, Andy. Didn't mean it that way. Look, you guys. I want you to have a good time this weekend. What happened to me at the lake happened a long time ago. I'm fine, really, okay? Just forget about me. Oh, I'm supposed to forget that we've been oh. friends. Ah! God damn it, Shirley. Why do you always have to be such an asshole? I beg your pardon. I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Same thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shocking Things. Uh, we have a special guest. This is Robert Stewart of the Stu World Order, and we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. How you doing, Stu? I am doing well. I love Friday the 13th, whether they're in 3D or not. That's why I asked you to be on this, because <laughs> I, I love your podcast, I love your website, and I know you love Jason, so not Jason Statham, Jason Borg. <laughs> I'll have anybody named Jason. Jason Borg, Jason Statham, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> So now, I had a friend wanna... whenever I was in kindergarten whose name was Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tell everyone a little bit about, uh, you know, your website and your podcast. Uh, yeah, so the website is pretty much just random entertainment nonsense. I do a lot of top 10 lists, top 5 lists. I do a lot of articles on movie reviews, stuff like that. I have some other guys that do writing for me. One guy does all the animated Disney movies. One guy does, um, he did all the Marvel Netflix TV shows. So there's a lot of stuff going on on the website. I do Pop-Tart Quest where I review Pop-Tarts. Everyone gets a <laughs> kick out of that. But there are so many Pop-Tarts in the world. It's not my fault. And then the website, or the, the website, that's the website. The podcast is the Stew World Order podcast, where I review random comic book movies. I have a list of comic book movies uh, with corresponding numbers, 1 to 115. I have people come on, give me three numbers. I tell them, like, all right, here's the three movies you drew for better or worse, and they pick the one they want to watch, and then we review that movie. Yes, and I was... Recently recorded with you, we'll have to wait a few months, right, before that comes out. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I think that is July 22nd at this point, because the show comes out, it's it's Stu on the twos, it comes out on the 2nd, the 12th, and the 22nd of every month. Okay, that's a good formula. I like your formula, too, the way you have your episodes set up with your guests. You you have to pick, like, I had to pick the number, three random numbers, pick it, and I didn't know what movies I was going to get. So mm -hmm. I like the way you do that. It's It's original. And I did like recently for your website, uh, your top 10 part threes in a franchise. 
I yes. like that. Yeah, that was a much harder list than I thought it was going to be because there's so many good ones. And I took all the crap in the world on Twitter for not putting Indiana Jones 3, but I haven't seen it since I was like 12. That's a, so. That is a good one. That is a yeah. good one. Like, I want to rewatch it now because that was the one everybody was like, why is it this on the list? And I just haven't watched it in like 20 some years. So I have to rewatch Indiana <laughs> right. Jones 3 now. All right. You'll update this list, right? You'll make a part <laughs> two of this, right? Yeah. Top 20. Now, the funny thing is I have subsequently written, but it hasn't been published yet, a best part fours in movie history. And okay. that was harder for the opposite reason. Okay, <laughs> there are surprisingly are terrible, few. Right? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So speaking of part threes, we're going to be talking about Friday 13th part three in 3D. Ooh, look at that segue. That's good stuff. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it was released August 13th, 1982. So the 40th anniversary is coming up very soon. And then the, it was re-released in what, 19, uh, what was it, 83? And I think on when we dropped this episode, May 13th, actually. So it'll be the anniversary oh, okay. for the re-release. So, uh so now, how did you become a fan of Friday Thirteenth before we get into the movie? I became. Do you remember? A, oh yeah, I definitely remember. I became a fan of Friday the Thirteenth because I had horrible parents, and I remember okay. being in the mid single digits and just watching these movies. I remember being in the apartment with my mom and my stepdad and watching like part four, five, six, somewhere in there. I just remember we watched like two of them back to back. I definitively remember seeing part seven at the drive-in, which oh, okay. based on when part seven came out, I could not have been older than eight. So okay, I was definitely great. eight years old in the drive-in watching Friday the 13th part seven. And I distinctly remember my stepdad being in the backseat of the car going, trying to scare me. Did it work? And it's just, yeah, yeah, it did. It definitely scared me. But I I just grew up on the 80s slashers movies, and I love them. I've watched them over and over in my life. And it's funny because I tell people, like, I liked watching them as a kid. I still like watching them. I will say, honestly, like, once every eight or ten months or so, I will just have a dream that Jason is trying to kill me. My entire life, like, once every eight <laughs> months or so, I have a scary Jason dream. But that's about it. That's the only repercussions I have, besides bad taste in movies. That's not too bad, right? <laughs> Carlos Danger definitely agrees you have bad taste in movies. Yes, <laughs> he does not like my taste in <laughs> movies. That's fine. I don't like documentaries, Carlos. You'll yeah. live. <laughs> so now uh, this film is directed by Steve Miner. He also did Friday 13th Part 2. And for other horror films, he directed House from 1985, mm -hmm. Warlock. And I know you like this one, or at least I know you like the franchise. Halloween H2O 20 years later. Do you like that one, Stu? Yeah, I like H2O. I think I've ranked the Halloween movies on my website. I've ranked the Jason movies, too. But I think I had H2O in the top three of Halloween movies. I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. So now for this film, Richard Brooker was Jason Voorhees. Uh, he only has four acting credits, so he hasn't <laughs> done too much acting. Uh, the only thing I've ever seen him in besides this film was Deathstalker from the 80s. Did you ever see that movie? By no, any chance? Like, not, that, not that I know of. Oh, it's a, it's a barbarian type movie, a okay. fantasy movie. You'll get a kick out of it. Watch that one day if you're bored. <laughs> I'm well, sure John will pull it for his SFA series eventually. Oh, it's, per it, it's perfect for that. <laughs> So Brooker saw an ad for a big man to play a role in the film uh, in this magazine for an audition. And he went, he didn't realize it was for Jason Voorhees. 
he got it because of his size. He's 6'3". But he did have fake padding, though. Did you know that's due for the... No, I didn't. Yeah, so he's not as big as we all thought. Okay, yeah, he's a big guy in this movie compared to the the Jason we see in part two, who is not that size. Yeah, Steve Daskowitz. He was offered the role, but he turned it down because he refused. They said, you have to pay for your own flight to California because he lived in New York. He says, I'm not going to pay. He goes, oh, well, well, you can't get the role then. <laughs> as, so. much mo- as much money as Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2 made, they wouldn't pay for that guy to fly? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, which, which is a bit ridiculous. So, uh, also, Brooker patented a device that is used in mobile phone devices in the movie industry, which, le- which led him to win a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Engineering and Development in 2006. Who would have known Jason was a genius? Yeah, that's great. Good for that guy. I'm excited to hear that. Jason inventing things. All right, so... Now I picture, like, I want this reality where Jason is like a Batman. Yeah, well... Has has utility belts. They make all these fan films. Maybe someone will make one like that, right? (laughs) Based on Richard Brooker. So I asked to do something a little different for this. Instead of just talking about the film itself, we're going to just focus on the death scenes. Did you like that idea, Stu? Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. There's a lot of them in this movie. So yes. Jason really ups his kill total in this movie. So that's still a lot to talk about. Yes. Although so, two of the deaths are off screen, I saw. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little, we'll get into the conversation. Some is a little strange the way this goes, uh, the, some of these deaths. So um, the first, uh, the first uh, death scene is uh, 15 minutes in, Harold Hockett. Uh, do you want to talk about this? Yeah, so Harold is, like, I guess a middle-aged man. He and his wife live around Crystal Lake. They own a little gas station store, whatever it is. I love that he just walks around the store opening stuff up, taking a few bites out of it, and then putting it back. Like, he opens an <laughs> orange juice, drinks some, and puts it back on the shelf. Like, that's awesome. That's exactly, like, why I don't go to stores like this. Yes. But uh, he has some misadventures. I guess he's overweight. His wife yells at him for eating donuts and everything. And he he poops and doesn't wash his hands. I know that. So he deserves <laughs> that, to die just for that. That's that's you picked up from it. That's what I picked up. He poops. He doesn't wash his hand. And he has bourbon like right next to the toilet. Yeah. And then he runs. Jack Daniels. Uh, yeah, I was trying yeah, to Oh, look. yeah. He has some kind of booze. Yeah. And then he runs afoul of Jason who gets him with a simple cleaver to the chest. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I liked it. It was. It was simple and effective, right? That just very mm-hmm. quick. The, the the look. The the look of fright in his face, and I it looked like he had the rabbit cage. A snake popped out at him in three D. In three D. Oh, this movie and it's three D. So that's what led him to take a shit, right? That he had. He almost <laughs> shit his pants, right? So that was. Uh, yeah, that was he, a good he, way they set that up. That he had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, he was carrying his bunny around. He was real sweet to the little bunny of his. He went to put it in the the hutch or whatever rabbits have, and there was a snake. And then he runs away in fear and runs right into the bathroom and just, like, seems okay. Like, all right, and now I poop. All right, guy, that's interesting choices. (laughs) (laughs) So then right after that happens, his wife, Edna Hockett, she's looking for Harold. Uh, And then this was, I had to go back to see this the way she was killed because mm. at first could you even tell what hit her and back what jason stabbed her with i assume it was a knitting needle yeah it was yeah but okay. it happened so quick yeah so that's what he hits her with um and also an albino rat just randomly appears too during this scene <laughs> 
Why not? They have rabbits. Yeah. Why don't they have white yeah. rabbits? Yeah. <laughs> but now, did you... I don't know. I'm thinking this. I always thought this, and after now just rewatching and talking with you, doesn't she seem like a woman who's 28 years old, Edna, who's trying to act 78 the way she acts yeah, and dresses? She, yeah, she does not look old. They just put her hair hair in curlers, and they put her in an old lady robe, and they're like, yeah, sure. Just, like, it seems like she auditioned for the role of one of the other characters, <laughs> and they're just like, no, we cast them already. Here, you can play an old woman. We're yeah, just going to kind of old woman you up to a little bit. You're going to look a solid 15 years younger than the guy we're going to say you're married to. Yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, now, this is just because you, know, you do with your website and your podcast is comic book related. I just want to bring up at the 31 minute mark. Uh, we have Shelly goes into the convenience store and you see, did you notice the comic books on the rack? I, I noticed them. I didn't pay attention to what they were. Okay. I actually paused it and looked just nice. because this is very important, right? Yes. I'm thinking about actually Absolutely. buying these and then we should just set this up in our basement, right? On the shelf, just <laughs> as a tribute. <laughs> it's Warlord 56, Master of Ooh. Kung Fu 110. I did think I saw Master of Kung Fu. I wasn't 100% sure, but that did sound familiar. Okay. Yeah. So 110 and 112. Oh, they missed 111. That's what. Yeah. That's why you can't buy books off the spinner rack, man. Yeah, you never know. And <laughs> and then DC Ghost number 112. Those are on display uh, nice. behind Shelly when he's he's had. Did you ever have one of those cool Velcro wallets? <laughs> by any chance, everybody had them uh, in the 80s. I don't know if you ever had one, Stu, by any chance. I, I don't remember having one, but I bet I did. I bet like that was my first wallet whenever I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so by the right, time I was Shelly's age, I, I did not have that wallet yeah, anymore. It was too old for that, right? <laughs> Get a leather one at that point, yeah. But that Velcro wallet, that was that scene. So it's right behind him. If you watch the film, right behind where he's throwing the Velcro wallet. And I was reading how after 10 takes, the actor Larry Zerner kept throwing the wallet. And uh, he got yelled at said, hit the camera, asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess he was missing the camera. So that was, he said oh, that was man. more important than the acting performances is where to, to make sure the 3D effect works properly, right? Yeah, God, this movie lives and dies with its 3D, man. <laughs> so now, okay, now we'll get back to the kills. I just had to mention that comic book. That was very important, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> For educational purposes. So. <laughs> Now, then, uh, that's where they encounter that cool biker gang, too, uh, in the convenience store. So then at the 41-minute mark, uh, we see Fox. She's pinned. That's when we just see her pinned against the wall with a pitchfork stuck in her throat hanging. Yeah, she dies off screen after she has this weird scene where, like, like the bikers harass Shelly and Vera. Yeah. Then Shelly runs over one of their bikes. And then a few minutes later, they have followed them back to the camp, and it's like, oh, they're siphoning their gas. Okay, yeah. this is a good, this is a good yeah. get back. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to siphon all their gas. Okay, fine. And then it's like, and then we're going to arson this barn. And I was like, you're so overstepping here. That's, that is not me. Uh, that is not, you know, equal means to what they did to you. But while they are about to arson this barn, she starts like swinging on a rope and she's acting like the, a 12 year old girl. She's so excited. Like she's never swung on a rope. I guess I'd be doing the same thing, right? Wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I would like to swing on a rope, but I'm not going to burn down a barn immediately thereafter. No, no. But yeah, so that was, uh, 
I liked also that was another 3D thing. That pitchfork is sticking straight at you. They made sure the way that was shot, that yeah. that was right. That was very, very 3D. And I noticed this too. She actually has a fox tail hanging from her pants, which I never noticed before. That's her name, Fox. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. One of those <laughs> things I just I didn't pick up until until watching it again. Now then after that, now uh was it the Right, the 42-minute mark, another one of these generic uh, 80s gang members, right? Loco. They, they, okay, I was going to say, they did name him. I just had him listed as the smoking gang member. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did a lot of smoking, right? Yeah, Especially while they the are siphoning gas. gas. <laughs> so now, now what happens to him? He gets he a, just He just gets a pitchfork through the gut, which I guess there was more than one pitchfork because... Uh, Fox is still hung up by her neck with the one pitchfork. I guess Jason found another one, and it's just a simple whoop right to the gut for him. Yeah, did he have a cigarette in his mouth too while he's doing this? Probably. Possibly, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think he had a cigarette in his mouth every second it, it, you see him. <laughs> okay, now this is though we have to just mention this because it'll come back later. The other biker, Ollie, is seen trying to attack attack Jason with a machete. Then uh, Jason gives him like a Mike Tyson punch to the head. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's he's holding the something, but I can't tell what it is. And he beats him in the head a couple times with something. Now, but I. That's what, okay. That's what I was trying to see. Was this a machete? Was he hacking? Because it, it was like, very. It looked it like he like, had a blackjack or something. Okay. Like, I don't know, it, it, whatever it was, very, I don't know where okay. he got it. Yeah. It, that was just. It happened very quick. It was very. Uh, it was very odd the way Jason just kept whacking and whacking. Yeah. Right? He, he didn't stop. That is not a kill. <laughs> no, no, just have to set that up for later on. <laughs> then the the one hour mark. This is a very memorable kill, would you say for, now? Yeah, for a couple reasons. Okay, I'll let you talk about this one, Stu. We get Vera is at the lake and Shelly sneaks up on her with a hockey mask and a harpoon gun. And we see Shelly leave and Vera's at the lake and she drops his wallet into the lake and she's trying to get the lake. And then we see, for the first time ever, Jason in a hockey mask. We don't see what has happened to Shelly yet. We'll get there. But we see Jason in the hockey mask that Shelly was wearing, carrying the harpoon gun. And we get the, he shoots the harpoon at the camera in 3D. Which is, you know, it's interesting. For what the movie was doing, it sure wanted to do a lot of 3D stuff. But, I mean, you think, like, this was the first ever Jason kill wearing a hockey mask. So, yeah, I mean, that's... very important for the franchise, I guess. And it was a crazy over-the-top one with the spear gun, too, right? At yeah. That's why it's memorable, to me, and at it, least. And it sets up that Jason has impeccable aim because he gets her right in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always give the 2009 reboot crap because it turns Jason into like green arrow with a bow and arrow, oh, no. but Oh yes. Yeah. But yeah, I forgot. He always had impeccable accuracy. So then we have the one hour, two second mark. Uh, this is actually, this scene is my first memory of ever seeing a Friday 13th film was this right in the middle is probably like one of the HBO or one of those channels. So this was the scene that I first ever saw. And it was just so odd to me because this character, Andy, he's doing handstands throughout the film, right? He's doing handstands on a quest to fetch both a beer for himself and a beer for his girlfriend. It's like, how are you carrying those dude? Yeah. And so then this is how he gets split. And it's just the way it's shot. It's so odd, right? He's supposed to get like mm. split in half by Jason yeah. while doing this. And like Jason's from behind. 
It almost looks like he like into like the sound effect too. It's almost more of a bludgeoning than a slash. Yeah, it's. I'm sure they showed exactly as much as they could show and get away with it with the special the effects that yeah. they had for that era. Oh yeah, and for the rating, yeah. But it, what it puts in your head, what you what your brain auto completes for that image is really good. Like just right down the middle from the crotch down with the <laughs> with the machete. Okay, now the next one, uh, one hour five second. This is Debbie, the character. And she's reading a Fangoria magazine, too. Did you notice yes, that? Yes, about Tom Savini. <laughs> One of the articles inside is about Tom Savini, so I thought that An was nice. An Easter egg, right? Yeah. And then you see the blood dripping on the pages, and she looks up, and we see this split-in-half body. That it's still very odd-looking, right? Yeah, I mean... his intestines are hanging out. He looks like he's a pretzel. <laughs> he's got a leg up over his head and everything. It was, yes. Yeah, it was definitely... It's, that's another one you look at, it like, what's going on? And then while you're looking at that, she's in a hammock underneath the, ha- the hammock. Then Jason just takes the knife and goes right through her. Right. How, goes do, you, right... how do you hide under a hammock? I don't understand. Like, Especially when you're that a, big, right? Yeah, it's not a bed. There's not like a duvet cover hanging over <laughs> a hammock. Like, how does she walk in and not see this big dude just laying there? I know, it's, well, he's, he's stealthy, that guy, right? <laughs> And yeah, he gives her the old uh, the th- the callback to Kevin Bacon from the first Friday the Thirteenth. It was the, the it blade was coming similar. up through her chest. So now I was reading. Now associate producer Peter Schindler said the scene didn't go according to plan because the lights were so hot, and when the knife goes through, the latex uh, didn't really react well, and it came out more like a slicing a tent the way it looked, and not flesh. Mm. So. Which you could kind of tell, right? Would you say yeah. when you watch it, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but what are you going to do, right? I thought it was good enough. It's not anything that's, like, distracted me from watching this movie. It looks like what it looks like. Yeah. We're not going to complain, right? Nah, it's fine. It's Jason <laughs> stabbing somebody through their chest and neck. What do you want? Yeah. So, okay. So, one hour, eight minute mark. Do you want to talk about that? You are talking about Shelly before. So we'll get to it now. This is the scene you want to talk about, right? Shelly's. Yeah. Uh, so the, I didn't catch their names. I'm sure you have their names. I just have Tom. Chili Jackson. Tom, Chili. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I have Tommy woman, Chong and right? bad stoner actress. Yeah. But uh, yeah, basically, it's definitely a Tommy Chong. <laughs> is that right for the cast to go? Who looks like Tommy Chong? Cause he's smoking pot throughout the all film, the time. Right? So, yeah. So the the actress opens the door and Shelly's there and his throat slit. And Shelly earlier in the movie, I guess he's an actor wannabe, a special effects guy wannabe. He comes out of a closet with an axe in his head and pretends to be dead and they all have a scare and then he sits up and, you know, he's fine. So he's at the door with his throat slit and the the stoner lady's just like, oh, Shelly, nobody has time for this nonsense. Quit doing that. And he uh, falls to the ground and just, you know, dies from the slit throat. And he's just laying there and she doesn't even care for a few minutes. Then finally, the the lights start flickering because of another death we'll get to in a second. And she finally realizes Shelly is actually dead and not just fooling around. Yes. Yeah, so the, so the, uh, the other, his name is Chuck. That's the guy, the, the Tommy <laughs> Chong. Just like imposter. Chong, yeah. That's, they yeah. weren't even trying on that name. Yeah, this was a very strange death in the, in the basement. Uh, the he, the ele- Jason just like throws him right into this electric panel. His hand, yeah. hits it, and it just like fries him, just just like that, just his, you know. And just his hand, just his hand yeah. hits the fuse box and it electrocutes him. I was like, I didn't know my fuse box was that dangerous. No, I would be much be more careful. careful. 
Yeah, yeah it's 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 a death. You know, it's electrocution, which is different. You don't see any other electrocution deaths in this movie. It's just how it happens is I don't think fuse boxes are that delicate movie. No, even in this no. cabin. It was more like a, a Frankenstein type fuse <laughs> box, right? The way it was set yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now this is a an interesting one. One hour and nine minute mark. Uh, the red hot poker Jason uses now. He takes from the this that's Chili Jackson. That's her name, Chili. Yes. And Chili. she gets impaled Chili in the stomach. <laughs> See, he turns her into a shish kebab, basically, right? With this. Yes, uh, and it makes a nice sizzling sound. Yeah, the Foley artist. I hope he got a raise for that one, right? <laughs> so uh, now this is I was reading for that scene. Richard Brooker said because of the 3D effects, it took 36 takes to get that stab right. For the 3D effect, <laughs> and like, really that's not struggling. even one of the better. That's not even one of the better effects. No. I'm either. Yeah, no, that's not memorable at all. Like you shouldn't have put that much effort into this. This or that, and Shelley throwing a wallet. You didn't need to spend half the film budget on those two scenes. But the yo-yo was important, though. But yeah, really, oh, yeah, and the popcorn that, man. Yes. <laughs> do you notice on the? I know this isn't about a kill, but do you notice on oh, the yeah. yo-yo? When he's yo-yoing, he hits her straight in the face with the yo-yo. <laughs> and then she says, that was close. It's like, he hits you. We all heard it and saw it. He hits you right in the nose. So now, uh, so now this is a very, very memorable one now. The head squeezing. Yes. You want to talk about that? So, yeah, there's... This I love the relationship of Chris and Rick here because Chris is this girl who's like 20. Like she's the age of a typical Jason movie character. And she has this relationship with this guy who lives out by the cabin named Rick, who looks like he's like 35. Yeah, definitely much older. I'd say. I, I don't understand their relationship. And he is he is a dick to her the whole movie. <laughs> like he would be a sexual predator in a modern movie because they meet for the first time in like a year since the last time she'd been at the cabin. He immediately starting to kiss her and she essentially is like, hey, let's take it slow. Let's get to know each other again. And he essentially is like, hey, I got to come sometime, baby. We can only take this slow for so long. It's like, <laughs> calm down, guy. You don't need to prey on this 15 year younger girl. Just leave her be. But, uh. We get a scene where he goes outside to investigate sounds or whatever. And Jason like grabs him and puts his hand over his mouth. Like we never see Jason essentially take a hostage, but he grabs <laughs> this guy and he's it's covering his mouth so he can't scream. And then when Chris goes back in the cabin, yeah, he just, he just vice grips this guy's head. There's a wrestler from the nineties named crush. Who uh, I, what? <laughs> he was, okay. It's funny you say that. Okay. I'll let you go. What were you going to say? He, Dude, that's what it reminded you of. Yes. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. He wore like orange and purple tights. He was supposedly from Hawaii and his finishing move was doing that to people, just crushing their head until they tapped out. And I was just like, all right, Jason just did a crush on this guy. Awesome. Oh, that was, it was, and he lifts him up like 10 inches from the ground. Yes. too, Right. So, which was, uh, he had an eye-popping experience, right? Yeah, more 3D effects, yeah. And it's it doesn't linger on that one at all, so it couldn't have looked that good. Like, you get the eye pop out, and as soon as it pops out, it cuts to the next scene. Okay, now that, I was reading more about that, because it doesn't look very good, that scene, yeah. right? Because you could tell there was an effect there, and that Steve Miner said that was the toughest shot to film. And they were still learning. This is like this new technology for all these people. They never use a 3D cameras. So they didn't really understand exactly. It was like a crash course for them. Mm -hmm. So the fake eyeball is at the, the end of a rod that they used. And when he was using 
you're supposed to use both. He was only using one eye looking at it, but you have to use two eyes with 3D. So that's why oh, he only yeah. came out. You could see the rod. He's like, oh, <laughs> he didn't realize that until later. So that's why it looks the way it does. Yeah, that makes sense. You could tell something seemed off, but it cuts away from it so quickly. At least they had the sense to not linger on their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They cut that pretty quick. Uh, and also now the one hour, 15 minute mark, Rick gets thrown through a window to his corpse. Oh, OK. Yeah. And that was uh, I was reading there was a, a stunt double wasn't the, that actually got thrown through and that took so many takes. He was like catapulted and he kept hitting, he kept hitting the house. Yes. The actor Paul Crackett said he felt, he felt terrible. He had to walk away because he couldn't watch this guy keep smashing against the house anymore. Oh man. Don't grow up to be a stunt double people. Jesus. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that now we're talking about Ollie before. So the one hour, 26 minute mark now is right. So we see Ollie now. Yeah. I love this. He, you know, at this point, Jason and Chris have been playing cat and mouse in the barn for quite a while. Like things have gone on. He stalked her up the stairs. She's jumped down from the rafters and knocked him down. She has hung him. She's <laughs> just all this stuff has gone on. And then all of a sudden, Ali comes out of nowhere when Jason has her dead to rights. And you're like, yeah, gang leader guy's going to do something heroic. And Jason immediately kills him. <laughs> He cuts, cuts his hand, hand off right in up. one swipe and then just cuts him, like, cuts him down easily with the second swipe. It's like, hey, yeah, that guy's back. Oh, okay, he's done. Yeah, you thought it was going to last at least five minutes, right? You were yeah. hoping, right? But yeah. no, it, it, unfortunately. Like he's going he's gonna to fight Jason off, give Chris enough time to get away, have a showdown. No, immediately dies. <laughs> so this one sounds uh, hilarious to me. It's just odd that people... Would you remember this guy? Like, if you walked into a store and you saw that actor, would you even recognize him? Ali? Ali? Yeah. No. Right? So he said his name is Nick Savage. And uh, he had to go uh, to make up uh, a week earlier to get a cast of the arm. He said, and he said they had to stuff it full of meat. For, <laughs> that's what he called <laughs> it for that, for that effect. I bet that smelled delightful. Yeah. And he said, even now, children stop me in the supermarket and touch my arm and say, are you okay? Did <laughs> we happen? I'm trying to think. Maybe in 1982 it did, but I yeah, don't think maybe back then. But I will say though, I love these movies. But man, I just love them and watch them. There are people that like are obsessed with this stuff, and they know everything about the the minor actors and everything. And I'm sure that guy still goes to conventions and stuff based on this movie. <laughs> like arm cut off guy from Friday 13th Part Three, <laughs> the guy it took Jason two tries to kill. And but he did punch his hand right through a windshield. Yeah, right through a windshield, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. Back when I guess windshields were just made out of regular, <laughs> like sugar glass. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that was basically all the kills, and then we end uh, pretty much with uh, this is uh, it's very similar to the ending of the first Friday Thirteenth. Right with the uh, Chris, the way she's in the canoe. Yeah, the the first three Friday the Thirteenth love doing this. Wait, did that actually happen? Ending? Because <laughs> yeah. you have it in the first one with uh oh, what's her name? Alice, Alice from or, or, or Annie? It's something. It's an A name. I forget off the top of Which my head. Which one? Uh, from the, the final the, girl the, in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Is it Alice Hardy? Is that? The... I think it's Alice. Yeah. yeah. She's in the lake, and then Jason, as a little boy, jumps out of the lake and pulls her down. And it's like, a, well, did that happen? Is that a dream? 
And then the second one, you have Ginny and Paul go back to the cabin and Jason jumps through the window at them. And it's, well, the, did that really happen? And then in this one, you have the only one that like definitively provably did not happen. It's just a weird dream sequence they throw at the end of this movie where Jason's mother jumps out of the lake and grabs her. Yes, with worms coming out of her face. Yeah. Wiggling worms, which was, uh, that was pretty disgusting. So yes. it was, uh, it was, it was I, I enjoyed that. And now I have another question. Did Paul, was he wearing the same sweater as Mrs. Voorhees? Didn't look very, that baby blue sweater throughout the film? You mean Rick? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Rick Rick definitely had a cable knit sweater. Like, he definitely right, went very, to the Mrs. Voorhees store and bought it. Yes. <laughs> I don't think they were thinking about that wardrobe, right? They weren't no, there's, there are two things the early Jason movies loved, and that's cable knit sweaters and Volkswagen bugs, man. <laughs> yeah. They are all over the place in these movies. Now, another thing I was, and I saw pictures in the book, uh, Crystal Lake Memories, they shot an alternate ending where... Uh, Christine Higgins gets her uh, her head cut off, but oh, they no. yeah Poor yeah her. but they never yeah but that didn't happen though so that's that's good right yeah she does what happens after the dream sequence on the lake like the police come and like they drive and they, her away and she like has a crazy Joker yeah. laugh yeah she's <laughs> yeah her acting was really good I thought until this part and like okay now she's really going overboard now. <laughs> she's just going for it man she's they're like you're traumatized and she was like like the Joker in Batman and they said ah sure why not <laughs> yeah movie didn't come out yet but it's just, <laughs> we'll give you a like time C machine like, look like Cesar Romero Joker <laughs> yeah that one yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, that it's, was... it's a it's a really funny laugh. Like, and I really wish, and I know the second movie retroactively kills Alice in the opening scene, but I wish we could have gotten a movie with like Chris, Ginny, and Alice sitting around talking about their experiences at Crystal that Lake. Would be, that would be interesting. So now, when this came out, this was uh, the first movie to remove ET from the number one box office. Spot. Really. That's, That's the first time dumb. I've ever heard that. That's yeah. awesome. Take that, Steven Spielberg. Exactly. I'll rewatch this. I'm not rewatching E.T. anytime soon. No, I haven't soon, seen E.T. Right? E. since I was like a little kid. I've watched this movie several times in my life. <laughs> and now this is also the first uh, of the Friday 13th of the franchise to be shot on the West Coast. So they went to California for this. Oh, okay. The first one was in New Jersey, second one Connecticut, and then this one's California. And this is the first uh, major production to use that that Mark's 3D system, that camera system. Oh, okay. And so now, Stu, for the ratings, there's thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, thumbs way up if it's you know excellent, way down if it's excrement. <laughs> and I, I already think I know. What are you going to give this? Uh, I'll give it thumbs in the middle. It's fine. What we didn't talk about, I mean, we talked about it, but I didn't really give my thoughts oh, on no, it. No, no, go, go into detail. Talk about whatever you want. Why you like it, why you, you know, why you give it that score. The 3D effects just kill this movie because I've never seen it in 3D. I've only seen it on TV and everything. And all of the constant shots this movie does, like coming right at you. It's just, it's so distracting and it takes you out of the movie every like what, five minutes when something happens. It's a perfectly good Jason movie. Besides that, the characters are fun. The kills are good. You get Jason in a hockey mask for the first time ever. 
it's perfectly fine. It's just so distracting with the 3D shots that, I mean, if you didn't see this movie in theater, every time you watch it, you're just like, why? Just stop. I, I, I understand that thing's right in front of me, okay? Just move along. See, now, I so love it's fine. That, it's I, I don't that. dislike it. I think on right. on Letterboxd, right. I gave it a two and a half out of five. So yeah, really? it's right thumbs in the middle. It's it's I'll yeah. watch it again okay. because I enjoy these movies. But even as far as Jasons go, it's like mid tier. Really? See, I thought you were going to rank this one higher for some reason. Nah, it's uh, there are so many better Jasons. Two, six, seven. Jason X when he's in space. That's but that great. one's hilarious. Yeah, that I love great. that one. I watched that one with friends lately and I was uh, a couple months ago, I watched it with them and they did not love it as much as I wanted them to. I was so disappointed. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it's, it's hilarious. Now for this, I like the 3d. It's so comical to me watching it. Yeah. So, but I have watched it in 3d, um, DVD. Yeah. But it's not really, you know, but it's just like the eighties, you know, the blue and red glasses, not the modern technology. I mean, I it's you know they had released a DVD version of this in 3D. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you have to get that one day, Stu. Yeah, and I'm sure it's on Blu-ray. I don't know. I don't know. You have to see now. This is important, Stu. That's your homework, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you but you know I, what the only Blu-ray I've ever owned was. That's it. And we're not going to tell anyone. But <laughs> not uh, going to tell anyone. Yeah. That's it. But uh, we talk about it, right? Yep. Uh, that's the one. The movie we talk about. But uh, I like you said, it's the first Jason with the hockey mask. This is the Jason where if you ask 90% of the people draw Jason, they're going to draw a part three Jason, I'd say. Yeah. This is like um, the... You know what? I, I would say it's tough because it depends what era of Jason. Because when I was a little kid... I had completely forgotten Jason was like a human dude until I rewatched these movies in my twenties, like growing up little kid, teenager. I always thought zombie Jason in my head. That's what I always pictured was like wormy, grimy Jason. (laughs) But yeah, I like the kills. I thought the kills are pretty inventive. Uh, And the, the funky music. What Did you like that? That that, that what makes is it. the music in this movie? Because no other Jason movie has music like that. Like it's it starts off and it's creepy, and then when the credits come up, it's this weird like Return of the Living Dead kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, synth pop from the eighties. It's so <laughs> weird. And it's Very Harry Manfredini who did all the music yes. for for the Jason. So the I don't know why. Serious, yeah, and this they tell him go in this weird direction but i like it but i mean it's 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 i like the music i don't know if i like it for this movie but i like it in general (laughs) 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 that's great now do you want to tell anybody about the what projects you have coming up and where people can find you again uh, yeah, so on Twitter, it is at SWO Productions. I am on Twitter a lot, just random nonsense on there. I like talking to people and supporting people. So come meet me on there. I, I try to put on my best face and be a very good person on there. Uh, on the website, the website is SWOProductions.com. Like I said, we have new articles come out every weekday. So nothing on Saturday and Sunday, but the rest of the month, we got something new coming out every day. And the podcast, The Stew World Order, is on pretty much every Every podcatcher out there, if you type it in, Apple, Good Pod, Spotify, Google Play, it, it's on all of them. You can find the Stew World Order where we do random comic book movies. All right. I appreciate it, Stu. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Hopefully, we'll, we can talk about Jason or uh, one of the other favorite horror franchises in the future. I will always talk about Jason or horror franchises. <laughs> Except 
except Midsummer. I will not. I will talk about Midsummer, <laughs> but if people like it, they're not going to want to hear it. They're not going to want to hear what I have to say about it. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Stu. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy Shocking Things and want to support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Radio, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Sharing the episodes you enjoy on social media also helps. To see more information pertaining to each episode, please go to our social media and interact with us. On Instagram, it's at shocking.things.podcast, on Twitter, at thingsshocking, and on Facebook, at shockingthingspodcast. Or go to anchor.fm slash shockingthings for the main hub with the links to everything. Until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.